0: Filmmakers and genres that consensus has deemed important, and thus I have created this podcast to document my journey into cinematic edification. This month, I'm exploring some films of Harold Lloyd, as recommended by Tyler Smith of Battleship Retention. and in this week's episode, I'll be talking about Harold Lloyd's 1924 film, Girl Shy. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say. This is probably going to be one of the, the shorter episodes uh, of I Do Movies Badly, and not because I dislike this film um or I don't have much... Well, no, I guess it's because I don't have much to, to say about it. I, I thought it was um, a, a quite entertaining and very good film. Um, there's a word that I've been using, I feel like, a lot recently since I've brought the podcast back. Especially in regards to the Ealing comedies of uh, delightful as an adjective. Um, sort of um, used as a descriptor for words which are entertaining. Um, a really good time to watch. Um, something that I might not remember or re-watch down the line, though, but something that I can certainly say I've seen, uh, and probably recommend in certain contexts, but not one that is is going to necessarily stand out as one of my favorites in terms of an individual title um, or uh, larger context. And, and and Girl Shy is that. It is an absolutely delightful film. It's got heart, it's got laughs, and one thing that I am... This is going to sound incredibly naive or ignorant or oblivious, and certainly um, coming from someone who has a film podcast and has written about film for a few years, I uh, I am always amazed when I'm watching silent films um, to see how coherently the stories are being told. And now, once again, saying that under the full admission that that, was, that sounds incredibly ignorant, but when you are you know, used to so many certain conventions of, of, of filmic storytelling, whether it be, um, well, quite simply, I guess, and, and superficially, a, a soundtrack, or, or at least audio and dialogue, um, computers, uh, stunts, um, certain techniques that when it comes to cinematography or editing, when you're sort of used to certain uh, certain techniques and crafts that you sort of assume that that's part of the language the inherent language of cinema and then you see something like a silent film like girl shy where it's all kind of stripped away and you can still see not just that the film is told coherently but how the 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 narrative progresses and moves forwards it's really great it's 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 wonderful to kind of see how these really talented filmmakers even in the early days the early decades of cinema such as harold lloyd or charlie chaplin or or buster keaton um were able to understand the medium that they were working in so thoroughly that they were able to produce something like this that eight, nine decades later still works as an effective piece of visual storytelling. Um, You know, it's, it's great how... The, the efficiency of the the story of Girl Shy is in regards to how every single scene is really necessary. Every single scene moves the narrative and the story forward. Every single scene tells us more about um, Harold. <laughs> and he's credited as Harold. Um, Harold or, or his relationship to, um, you know, women. Or to, you know, specifically um, to the... The woman, Mary Buckingham, who is in this film, um, what he wants, um, what is stopping him from getting that, um, what he is going to do to get it, and, and how the basically the, the, the stakes working against him are increasing with each scene. It's, it's a really effective story. Um, it's really simply but effectively told. Um, every scene is necessary, and that's something which is so good because it makes the flow of a film feel so efficient. And everything when it, when everything is necessary, you know, you don't the, the the films that I feel are the ones that are drags are the one where it's like, well, do we really need to be lingering here? Do we really need to have that? And if you recall from um, last month, that was my big problem with uh, the Tree of Life, which I appreciated what I what I interpreted Malick was trying to do with it, but it just we we lingered for such a long time in that family's life um, in those memories. that's just like, you know, I, I feel like it could have taken 20, 30 minutes out of this movie and it still would have been as effective as the one that you have now. And with something like Girl Shy, it is as bare bones as it can possibly get. You can't remove any one scene from that film and not have it be as effectively told as it is. I mean, I, I suppose you could maybe make an argument that one of his um, fantasy sequences, you know, when he's pretending that he is the caveman or that he is uh, the indifferent person when he's trying to write his book. You maybe could remove one of those, and in fact, one of them has been removed. There was a sequence which doesn't exist in film anymore, but there are photos of it in which he's playing um, a character which I, I believe is supposed to be a very sweet loving character, I think it's called the boy, or something like that, but, um, you know, when he's writing his advice book, and he's, he's fantasizing himself as these characters, there is one that doesn't exist anymore, so that was taken out, but doesn't feel like anything's missing, um, because the film is, is, is... Solid. It's exactly what it has to be, and and it's also, um, we I've talked many times on this podcast about getting into or a movie and and trying to judge it on its own terms, which I certainly did on on this regard. But there was still a, an element where I didn't necessarily get what I was expecting. I mean. Seeing that uh, you know the, the iconography of Harold Lloyd hanging off a clock and safety last, or seeing you know images and and uh, videos of Buster Keaton, uh, the house falling around him, or you know these kind of pratfalls that you see in, in early silent film that the people were doing themselves. I guess I kind of expected this to be filled you know to the brim from beginning to end with with gags and with pratfalls, and it really isn't the case. Um, and I can't say I was disappointed in that though because what it allowed me to do was invest in the story and invest in the character of Harold and what he wanted and and what he was hoping to get and, and the emotional, you know, not really roller coaster, but the emotional um, peaks and valleys that you go through when you see him um, meeting Mary for the first time and your heart kind of flutters when she gives him a kiss and, and as the taxi drives away and the two of them longing for each other and you, you, you get the sense of like, yes, this is... Things are working out for him, and then they don't work out for him. Um, Girl Shy was uh, the first movie that um, Harold Lloyd produced when he had split with uh, uh, producer Hal Roach, and um, he he described it, um, or Harold Lloyd, I should say, described Girl Shy as a a character story as opposed to a gag film, um, which, you know... Gag films are the ones that I that I just described that I was expecting uh, that are filled with these pratfalls that are filled with these stunts that are filled with these amazing um, feats of 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 human um, stunt work basically and there wasn't a whole lot of this for the first two thirds of the movie I should say Um, and once again I wasn't really disappointed with it but it's sort of like it did allow me to get involved in the emotional stakes of the film and. It was really kind of sad uh, when after Harold has been re- or his book has been rejected for the first time um, and he meets up with Mary again and he wants to let her go. He doesn't want her to to be with him uh, because he, he's a a failure and he's poor and he doesn't value himself very much. And he says we said a lot of silly things that day, didn't we? And like, you didn't think I meant any of it, didn't? And he's he's trying to push her away because he, he can't care for himself. He doesn't like himself. How can he take care of someone else? And also because he believes that her investment in in him is tied up in this image of he's going to be a successful author and he's going to be this, um, this literary wonder. And when he doesn't achieve that dream, he wants to push her away because he he doesn't have any self-worth. It's really sad. It's really sad not just because of um, <clears throat> we see Mary's heartbreaking because she was really in love with him, but also just because of we've seen this guy and and, and we've we've seen, we've seen what he's been going through and we've gotten invested in him and we find value in his character. We find that there's something worthwhile about him. I mean, sure he's he's trying to write a book about how to pick up women when he has absolutely no concept of what that entails whatsoever. But he's also got a heart. I mean, what he did for Mary in regards to getting her dog after the, you know, uh, uh, onto the train and hiding the dog from the conductor and just doing everything he could to kind of make sure that she had this animal and, and that she was taken care of. And we see value and worth in him, and he doesn't see in himself. And the reason that he pushes her away is because he doesn't see value in himself, because he doesn't see himself as someone who is a worthy partner and it's really sad. And so it is like I said it, lacking the, the the pratfalls and the gags of 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 a silent film that I would have expected um doesn't mean that it was less of a film. In fact, it was more of one. It was quite an emotional uh, and, and as I said delightful experience. And then there's the last third or fourth of the film, which is, which is this elaborate chase sequence, which was the thing that I had been expecting the movie would be from beginning to end the entire time, and it is wonderful. Um, it's so funny to me that I was, like, thinking that they have a happy ending because they get together and he proposes to her and she says yes, and that there's that last title card with yes in big capitals with the exclamation point. Um, they're going to have a happy ending despite the fact that this man has, um, En route to break up the wedding, he has stolen multiple cars. He has stolen a police motorcycle. He has stolen a trolley car um, and a horse and carriage and caused incalculable amounts of destruction in and around Los Angeles as he is trying to get to this church. The the real-life implications of that are... Are uh, I I can't even imagine, but it, it it's just, but it was it was still wonderful. It was wonderful to see him go through it, and, and to do all these things that I expected him to be doing. These real life sense where he's hanging off uh, of the the cable on top of the cable car uh, as it's going through the street, or he is um, on this motorcycle, or he's in these cars. It was absolutely wonderful, and and as Tyler mentioned, this idea of you know openly wondering if, if Mike Nichols had seen this film, uh, and and it was some, some sort of inspiration for him when he was making The Graduate. And I had to wonder, what did the filmmakers um, of Wayne's World two? You know, it sounds ridiculous, but it, it's it's true. I'm wondering, did the filmmakers of Wayne's World two see this movie as well to kind of heighten that end sequence when he's trying to rush to the chapel um, to break up the. The wedding between uh, Cassandra and uh, the character that Christopher Walken plays, like in you know in The Graduate, it, it's not as ridiculous or absurd, um, but there is that narrative convention of a man trying to get to a wedding to break up the uh, to break it up uh, because the woman that he loves is, is about to get married. Um, but in Wayne's World too, there was these. I mean, if you remember the the you know the earlier setup where you know he's asking why the people are walking back and forth in the street with a pane of glass or why they're he's stacking crates of watermelons, and, you know, it's a setup for this payoff later on where there's going to be this untold amounts of destruction as he's in the car trying to get to the wedding to to break it up. There's. I have to imagine that they were aware of the history of cinema of Harold Lloyd, especially as a great comedic figure, Harold Lloyd, and, and you know, Wayne, uh, Wayne Mike Myers is, is a true disciple of comedy, and, you know, and so I have to imagine that he... Had to have been aware of Harold Lloyd and of this movie, and that was something that he really wanted to be deliberate about including in the movie because of how fun and wonderful and kinetic and insane that whole end sequence is, and it's just it never lets up once he steals that first car. You know, it, it, he never lets up of the the metaphorical um, uh, gas pedal as he's just moving forward and just trying to get to this wedding to finally admit that he loves this woman to finally tell her because he has you know he, he's 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 found some self uh, some self-worth because you know they they love his book um and he's gotten this is a huge cash advancement i believe it's three thousand dollars which in uh contemporary times would be something like forty three thousand dollars advancement for uh this book which is hey i'll i'll take that that <laughs> i'm sure every author would take that as well um and, and I'm also happy that the film also addressed uh, what I was worried would be threads of misogyny. Uh, because he is clearly um, uh, not qualified to write a book on how to pick up women. And also the way that he is saying to pick up women is so... It's kind of horrifying. I mean, it's that, you know, those... Those awful, you know, misogynistic stereotypes of, like, show complete indifference towards the woman, and she is going to fall on all over, you know, yeah, like, um, what's, I'm trying to think of the um, uh, the line that Jason Segel's character has in uh, in that movie Slackers, um, treat a woman like dirt and she'll stick to you like mud. Um, it, it's it's played for laughs in that movie, uh, just the attitude itself, and it, it ends up working out for his character, which... Okay, uh fine, but in this one, it's sort of like they they have this idea of, of be indifferent towards a woman and she'll fall in love with you, or be a caveman, be aggressive and and get and take exactly what you want, and these women will fall in love with you and um now, I knew that those are horseshit, obviously, but I was also like, okay, but in nineteen twenty four did they do they think that that was horseshit or, or was that kind of a conventional wisdom? And then, especially once uh, once they read the first draft of his book in the in the publishing office and you have all these women that I, I misinterpreted at first as these women were fawning all over him. Uh, you have one woman that says, like, I love a caveman. And so it's kind of like, oh, no, is this film kind of upholding these beliefs of what women actually are looking for in a man when they're they're so clearly incorrect and so misogynistic. And I was a little bit worried about that until eventually the the scene and the sequence and the film make it very clear, well, no, they're not fawning all over him. They're laughing. They're laughing because they find this book to be so incredibly hilarious because of how ridiculous it is. And in fact, um, the title becomes, um, what is it, Uh, uh, How to Make Love or something like that into the boobs diary kind of highlighting the fact that like this guy is he's off his rocker he doesn't know what he's talking about and so I like too that it that this film also did not um uphold these um just complete horseshit antiquated beliefs about um what a woman is really looking for in a man um now I knew of course that there was going to be some poking fun of this character because who is he to be writing a manual of any kind and how to attract women, how to talk to women. Um, but I'm, I'm happier still that um, not only did they make a joke of that concept, but they also made a joke of the specific um, ideas uh, that he had in order to achieve uh, the goals that he was trying to set out. So it's, it's very clear that this movie is not misogynistic, and it's very clear that this whole attitude that this man had or these ideas he was trying to um, get published into some type of advice. Uh, the movie makes it very clear that these are ridiculous. And so that was something that I was um, quite happy to um, to learn as well. So... Um, and those are, I mean, like I said, that's that's kind of um, the extent of my my thoughts on this movie. It was quite, like I said, a delightful film from beginning to end, and um, it it you know it gets in it it does its thing, then it gets out. It, it is a an effective piece of, of comedic and emotional filmmaking, um, and I really really appreciate this, and I could I I could see why um, Tyler um, recommended it um because there is also something kind of immediately relatable about the the glass character um and about how regular he is um and how harold lloyd plays this character and and just kind of how you immediately kind of get a sense of immediately who he is um his stutter his inability to, to talk to people um but also you know kind of having a heart um it makes it kind of an everyman um which uh you know, old Stoneface or the Tramp might not be. I mean, it's not that that we don't like those characters, that we don't relate to them, but um, it does kind of get a sense of like they are characters, whereas Harold is very much kind of seems like he feels like a kind of person that you can relate to that you can connect with that you can maybe see some of yourself in and um what makes that really great is that the 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 gift of laughter the power of laughter that it has is a stress reliever of of you know um reveling in something and just kind of seeing him work through his stuff and laughing about the, the the shenanigans he was going through kind of um just makes you feel good about you know if you relate to that kind of character, then it just makes you feel good about being that kind of character, basically. Um, and not taking yourself so seriously and not being so self-conscious. It's, it's really quite effective and I really, uh, appreciate it. And also just the, the reveal of him, um, with the, the woman kind of, uh, Uh, Feeling the different pairs of pants which are draped over something and he has leaned over that same thing so she pokes him thinking that he's just a pair of pants when really he's um, actually just uh, it's his lower torso it's quite an effective um, comedic reveal and once again just kind of highlights that thing of what I said earlier of how these early silent film actors were so good at working with their craft and kind of um, working within their confines to tell a most effective story Um, it is um, as we discussed on the introductory show if you want to watch or re-watch um girl shy there's only one way to do it and that is to find it on youtube there are actually uh at least when i was searching through my roku app there's a few different versions of it that you can find on youtube um i watched one that said it was a uh, uh, about an hour and, and 17 minutes which i was afraid of because there was another version that said it was an hour and 30 so i'm like well maybe I'm going to miss something here, and I didn't. Uh, In fact, you you can watch the the version, which is an hour and 17 minutes. And in fact, I I will post uh, the the version that I watch on the Facebook page that you can watch it or rewatch it yourself if you want to. But that is the only place where you can find it. Um, It is not available for rental on uh, Amazon or uh, Vudu or anywhere else. So go to YouTube.com, type in Girl Shy Harold Lloyd. You'll be able to find many different versions that you can uh, then watch yourself. Um, It is... Always easy to reach me if you have any comments or, or questions or disagreements about this film. Email me at badly at gmail.com. You can tweet at me uh, at Twitter at Um, Or feel free to catch up on back episodes of I Do Movies Badly on battleshipretention.com uh, or on idomoviesbadly.podbean.com. I would encourage you to go to battleshipretention.com. Go to the podcast drop-down menu and select I Do Movies Badly because then you can also chime in on the comments field. Um, and you are also free to, to search out or to seek out my podcast on iTunes and leave me a rating there. I would greatly appreciate it. So um, that does it for this episode of Girl Shy. Um, be sure to tune in next week where I'll be covering Harold Lloyd's Safety Last and where hopefully I will be just a little bit less ignorant.